Well, let me again welcome you all this morning. We're glad that you're here for worship on this baptism weekend. The texts that we're going to be looking at during the message this morning are two, really. First, the Titus reading that you just heard read, and then that reading from Romans chapter 6 that we used as a part of the confession at the beginning of the service. So we'll be looking at those parts of God's Word together this morning as we talk together about baptism. But first, would you bow your heads and would you pray together with me? Lord God, I pray that the words I'm about to speak and the thoughts that we think is together we meditate on your word for us. Lord, I pray that that would all be truly acceptable in your sight, O God, who has indeed made us all a part of your family, has given us the gift of eternal life, has given us the gift of your love and your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. So people put strange things on their tombstones. Got a few pictures of some actual tombstones to show you this morning. Uh, This guy had put on his tombstone, I told you I was sick. (laughs) There's a story there if I've ever seen one. Here's another actual tombstone. This guy had put on his, my loss but your gain. I really want to know the story behind that one. I I can't quite figure that one out. So Now, uh, how many of you remember Merv Griffith? Remember Merv Griffin? Yeah, he used to have a talk show, and one of his deals was on the show, when they were getting ready to go to commercial, remember what he'd say? He'd say, I'll be right back after this commercial message, right? This is actually Merv Griffith's tombstone. I will not be right back after this message. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, some of you guys may remember uh, the whole Looney Tunes cartoons and uh, how they each would end. Well, there was a guy that did a lot of voices in Looney Tunes, Mel Blanc, and his tombstone actually says... That's all, folks, okay? I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Now, some people uh, don't have to think of something clever to put on their tombstone to make their tombstone weird. Their name alone causes a problem. (laughs) Sorry, that's the the former junior high teacher in me. I just couldn't resist. But, uh, But one thing we all do put on our tombstones is we put the date we were born, and we put the date that we've died, right? That's, that's common. Just about all of us someday will have that on our tombstone. And I was thinking about that this week, and, and you may have even heard someone talk about the fact that that's not all that's there. There's that little dash in between, and that dash actually represents your whole life. That's kind of interesting to think about, isn't it? That someday there's going to be a dash on your tombstone that represents everything you've done during your life. Well, here's the thing that I'd like to talk with you about a little bit together this morning. Did you know, have you ever thought about the fact that your baptism has something to say about all three of those things? It has something to say about your birth. It has something to say about your death. And it also has something to say about your dash, about how you live every day of your life. Let's look at that together this morning. Now, this passage that we heard read earlier from Titus chapter 3 uh, says that God saved us, not because of any righteous things that we've done, right? But instead, he did something in our lives to save us. And this verse in Titus says that it was a washing. He washed away our sins. It's talking about baptism. The idea that God has given us this gift of life when he washed us in our baptism. Now, um, I got a question for you. How many of you know when your birthday is? Good. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them when your birthday is. Okay? Tell them your birthday. All right, cool. Now, if I, if I had given you enough time, you probably could have even told them some details about your birthday, like where you were born, maybe even what time of day it was, things like that. So, for example, my birthday is May 4th, 1958, which, by the way, go ahead and do the math. Uh, what that means is I'm old enough now that the trickling water behind me is making it hard for me to get all the way through the service without <laughs> having to go to the bathroom. But, uh, 
But, uh, but I, more than that, not only that's my birth date, but I was, uh, yeah, some of you in the room are going, I don't get that. Some of you are going, oh, yeah, I totally get that, right? Right, yeah. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, but I was also born at St. Stephen's Hospital in Chicago, for example. Um, my parents taught me that. Um, and uh, it was late in the day. It was later in the evening. It was a Sunday. I know all those things, not because I remember it, but because my parents have taught me those things, and they've become important to me. That's kind of part of my history that I remember. Well, let me ask you this. If I ask you right now to turn to the person next to you and tell them your baptismal birthday, could you do it? Some of you, maybe. Maybe not others. I don't know. See, I, I could. Um, I used to teach about baptism in, in, to my seventh graders when I used to teach, and so I know this. I was actually baptized Two weeks after I was born, so that was May 28th, at uh, Bethany Lutheran Church in Chicago, which, by the way, is now Trinity Galewood, one of those cool things that God did. Um, that's kind of neat. And uh, so I know some of the details about my baptism, but again, for me, my parents had to teach me that, too. In fact, I had to actually go ask my parents about that because I didn't know those details. Now, maybe some of you were baptized as adults, and you did know the date of your baptism. You can remember where and when it was. But, but for others of us that were baptized as children, we don't. So it, shouldn't we also be kind of bap- thinking and celebrating our baptism birthdays too? Now why is that? Well, think about what God did in your life in the moment of your baptism. Let's go back to that Titus verse. It starts with these words, he saved us. I mean, think about that for a minute. In the waters of your baptism, at that moment of your baptism, God did this miracle in your life. He literally saved you from sin and from death. Later on in this this passage, he says that very explicitly. He says, he washed us and he washed away our sins. You and I know we all have this problem in our life, this sin problem. There are things that we do that we wish we didn't do, that we know we shouldn't do. The good that I want to do, I don't do, Paul said. And that which I don't want to do, I do. We can all relate to that. We all understand that there are sins in our life. But even more than that, we've come to know and understand that that sin reflects a deeper condition in our hearts and in our lives. One we were born with, we were born as sinners. But God has solved that sin problem in your life and mine. He has rescued us from sin and the death that goes along with it in the waters of our baptism. In the waters of your baptism of mine, he washed away your sins. He dealt with the deeper sin problem in your life, and he gave you a new identity as a member of God's family. And that's why near the end of that Titus verse, did you notice it? It says that God has now, through this washing of regeneration and renewal, through our baptism, he has made us heirs. What does it mean to be an heir? It means you've been written into the will. It means you have an inheritance from God that is life and salvation. So we should be celebrating our baptismal birthday, shouldn't we? It should be a big deal in our lives. Because in baptism, at that, in fact, I would even argue maybe that's a better date to put on your tombstone than your birth date. That date in which you were baptized, that, that you were made a part of God's family. But now does baptism also have something to say about that last date that will be on your tombstone and mine about the moment of our death? And again, God's word teaches that it does. I have a good friend of mine who's a pastor out in uh, uh, Batavia. Actually, he just retired, Ron Weidler. And uh, Ron told me a story a number of years ago that, that was in my mind this week. 
Um, Ron originally was a pastor down in the Tampa area in Florida. And, uh, and he had gone to the hospital one week to call on uh, some of his members that were there. And this was in the pre-HIPAA days. Now, if you go to the hospital as a pastor, they don't give you any information. But then, if you went to the hospital, you could go to the, the, the information desk, and you could tell them, I'm a Lutheran pastor. And they would give you a list of all the patients that were in the hospital right then that had listed that they were Lutheran. And, and that was really helpful because you could take that list and you could just kind of scan on the list and see if you recognized any of the names, if any of those names were maybe some members of your congregation that got in the hospital and you didn't know about it. Again, they don't do that anymore, but it used to be a good thing to do. So Ron went to the hospital that day and he went up to the desk and he got the list and he's going down the list and he sees a name on the list, Bob Haupt. Now, Bob wasn't a member of Ron's congregation. Bob was actually a pastor at, uh, in a neighboring town of St. Petersburg that, that Bob knew pretty well. I mean, that Ron knew pretty well. He's like, well, that's kind of weird. I wonder what Bob's doing in the hospital here. So he went to his room number. And as he got close to the room, what he found out was it was quarantined. So that meant he had to put on a mask and a hairnet and, uh, and an apron and gloves and booties on his shoes before he could even go in the room. So he got himself all ready to go, and he walked in the room, and it was kind of dark and uh, the curtains were pulled. It was kind of hard to see. He could see there was someone in the bed, but he couldn't recognize whether it was his friend Bob or not. And, and so he said, Bob, is that you? It's, it's, it's Ron Wadler. Bob sat up, and sure enough, it was indeed his friend, his pastor that he knew. And, uh, and uh, Ron said, Bob, what are you doing here? And, and Bob said to him, I just got done meeting with my doctor. I've got six months to live. Ron didn't know what to say. You know, I think sometimes you guys think pastors, you know, we, we got stuff to say in those situations. Sometimes we don't. Ron was kind of speechless. He, he wasn't quite sure how to respond, and, and he knew he had to say something. So, so finally he, he, he asked a question, and he, he said, looking back on it now, it was a stupid question to ask. But, but, but he said to his friend Bob, he said, what does it feel like to have someone tell you you've got six months to live? And uh, Bob thought for a second. He goes, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what it feels like yet. He said, but I can tell you this, my baptism never meant more to me than this moment. Now, why is that? Why in that moment was that the first thing that came to Bob's mind after you had just been told he was about to die? Why was it that instantly his thoughts went to his baptism? Well, look at that verse that we read together earlier in the service. In Romans 6, Paul tells us this. He says, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, as a pastor, Bob had said those words again and again and again. Do you know when we use those words? At the beginning of every funeral service we do. It's an incredible reminder to you and to me that when you were baptized, God not only gave you that gift of new life in the waters of your baptism, he not only made you a part of the family, but in that moment, he made you a promise, a promise that at the moment of your death, you'd go to be with him forever. Paul wants to make sure we get that. He adds a verse 5. He says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And I love that word, certainly. Not many things are certain in life these days, are they? I don't know what is really certain, what I can really count on in my life, but that's one thing right there. 
that promise that God made to you and me in our baptism is certain. Did you ever say when you were growing up, when you were trying to uh, let somebody convince somebody you were telling the truth, I swear on a stack of Bibles? Did you ever say that? I know I remember saying that when I was a little kid. You know, like somehow if it was a stack of Bibles, that would be better than just one Bible. I don't know. But, but it's as if God has done that. God has put his hand on his word. In fact, it's through his word that he's made that promise to you and to me. He's promised us. Without a doubt, when we die, when that moment comes, that date that's going to be on your tombstone and mine, the promise God made to you in your baptism will be fulfilled. And he will give you that gift of new life that he promised. So is that why our baptism is so important? It's kind of like we got this get-out-of-jail-free card that we get to play at the end of our life, and it's called baptism? Or is there even more than that happening in baptism? And again, I'd say there is. What about that dash? What about how we live now? Well, back to that Titus passage. In Titus, it says this, he saved us, and he says, by the washing of regeneration and renewal. Now, that first word, regeneration, is an interesting one. You can even kind of see it in the English, but you can see it even more in the original language. The word there literally means new genesis. Now, where do we know the word genesis from? First book of the Bible, right? The story of creation. It's as if in the waters of your baptism, you were given a new start, a new beginning. And that wasn't a one-time thing. It's something that happens every day of your life. I hope this morning, when you got up before you came to church, you cleaned up a little bit, right? Maybe you washed your face or took a shower. We do that every morning. We get up and we, we clean ourselves up for the new day. That's what your baptism does. Every single day, your baptism gives you a fresh, clean start. I love how Martin Luther put it when he was talking about baptism in his, small, in his large catechism. He said this, talking about baptism. He says, baptism is nothing other than putting to death the old Adam, that sinner in us, and affecting the new man's resurrection after that. Both of these things take place in us all our lives. So a truly Christian life is nothing other than a daily baptism, once begun and ever to be continued. Folks, every day is a chance for a new clean start because of the waters of your baptism. It's as, as if you get up every morning uh, living that identity that God has given you as his free, perfect, forgiven child. It's like every day is your birthday. <laughs> if I eat cake on my birthday every day, that'd be a problem, right? <laughs> it's like every day is your birthday. That's what our baptism is all about. And even more than that, it's not only a new start every day, what we see as we look at our lives is that growth is possible. I'm not talking about physical growth. I'm, I'm talking about what we call sanctification or spiritual growth. Growing more and more to be the person that God wants us to be. The fact is, because of the power of the Holy Spirit working in me, that regeneration and renewal is an ongoing process. I'm a better person now than I was 15 years ago when I became your pastor. And... If I last another 15 years, I'll be a better person then. That's part of what God is doing in your life and in mine. Every day he helps us grow more and more into the person he created us to be. Growth in, in doing good for him is possible through the power of the Holy Spirit that you and I were given in the waters of our baptism. This is my favorite Luther quote. It's actually hanging in my office Luther said this, he said, This life, therefore, is not righteousness, but growth in righteousness. 
Not health, but healing. Not being, but becoming. And I love this last part. We are not yet what we shall be in heaven, but we are growing towards it. It doesn't matter how old you are, you could still continue growing more and more into the person God has shaped you to be and is preparing you to be in heaven. And that happens because of the waters of your baptism. But one last thing. The waters of our baptism do something else. They make us able to share God's love and grace with others. Jesus said it this way. He said, if you follow him, if you are one of his disciples, if you are part of God's family, out of you will come flowing streams of living water. The waters of our baptism aren't just for us, folks. They're for us to share with others, too. We can be sources of hope and strength and love in the lives of others around us every day because of the waters of our baptism. Now, I'll tell you right now, Satan doesn't want any of that to happen in your life. He, he wants you to live in the past. He doesn't want every day to be a fresh, clean start. He wants to remind you every day of the sins of your past, even though God has set those free. He's let them go. You're forgiven. He wants you to be convinced that growth is not possible, that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, that there's nothing that can happen in your life that can actually make you a better person, that you're kind of stuck with being who you are. Satan wants you to believe that uh, those gifts that God gives you in baptism are all for you, and you need them all. But baptism teaches us something different. It teaches us that we can live each day fresh and clean and new and forgiven. It teaches us that growth is possible in our lives, and it teaches us that, that God can fill us so full of his love and grace that we can't help but be a source of hope for others around us. That's what baptism's all about. Baptism says something about your birth into God's family. It says something about what will happen in the moment of your death. And it says a lot about how you live each day of your lives. Baptism is an incredible gift, isn't it? Now, one more thing for you. Um, Martin Luther used to say this. When people would say to him, well, I was baptized, he'd say, no, 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 that's not right. It's not I was baptized. It's I am baptized. Now, you might have noticed uh, in your bulletins when you came in this morning, there was a blue post-it note, right? Here's what we want to encourage you to do with that blue post-it note. To help you remember the waters of your baptism and the, and the incredible gift they are in your life. Um, when you get home today, take that blue post-it note and write something on it. Maybe write the date of your baptism if you can figure out what it is. Or maybe just write, I am baptized. Or, or maybe Titus 3 or, or Romans 6 or both. Write those on that post-it note, something that's going to mean something to you, and then put that post-it note somewhere where you're going to see it every morning for the next few weeks. Maybe it's the mirror in your bathroom where you do wash your face in the morning, or, or the mirror in your bedroom where you check to see how you look before you head out of the house, or, or maybe it's the coffee pot, or wherever it is, someplace you go every single morning, put that post-it note up there as a reminder of the gift of baptism that God gives you every day that every day is a new chance to live as a baptized child of God. And one last thing, maybe you're sitting here going, well, I, I haven't been baptized. What are you waiting for? Why wouldn't you want those gifts from God? If you've never been baptized and you want to receive that gift of new life that we've been talking about this morning, please see Nick or I after the service today. And we could talk about how we could make that baptism happen in your life. I mean, heck, 
If you want to be baptized this morning right here, we'll do it right after the service. We would just love to see you receive that gift from God. Baptism is an incredible blessing. We are baptized children of God, and, and through the gift of our baptism, he has given us a gift that will literally last forever. Amen. Thank you for spending some time in God's Word with us during this message. It was recorded live in worship at Trinity Church in Lyle, Illinois, where God is leading us on our mission to look, live, and love more like Jesus. Would you like to know more about a relationship with Christ or more about Trinity, who we are, what we believe, and where and when you might join us in worship or a growth group? Please visit our website at tlc4u.org. That's the letters T-L-C, the number four, and the letter U.org. May God bless you and yours abundantly through Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening.